0: From Australia, this is VK1 WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au.
1: Well, we've made it. WIA and the National News Service for week commencing October 2, 2016. And the worst storm in decades blacks out VK5. The entire state of South Australia was plunged into darkness with a major power outage and damage last Wednesday and Thursday. Caught up was the wia.org.au website hosted in Adelaide to be put out of action along with many, many others. The storm was an intense low-pressure supercell with gale force winds, hail, heavy rain and flooding. A check with Weiss in South Australia was made by Jim VK3PC and its services were not involved. Bad weather has also affected Victoria, New South Wales, Queensland and Tasmania. Q News in VK4... Jeff Emery, in his weekly column for Queensland Amateurs, has a piece well worth repeating here. If you know a bit about Greek mythology, the name of the blighted prophet Cassandra
2: will be familiar to you. In a way, I have sounded a little like this lady of yore. In trying to awaken the amateur community to the projected increase in extreme weather, it has seemed that no one has been listening. It was reassuring that in the early hours of the blackout, Some amateurs were reporting on social media, and this meant that there was at least partial internet available. Time will tell how the facilities that maintain health, well-being, transport and personal security survived and were restored in South Australia. With life being so dependent upon energy supplies and especially electricity, it is essential to maintain access and to be able to quickly rectify problems. In the interim, it is for those with backup facilities to assist their community. This has been part of the amateur radio ethos. As we learn from the experiences in VK5, it is time to learn the lessons that this experience can give. It is time to check how our locale would survive, and not only survive, but rise to the challenge of a major event. Could you provide help? if it was needed. I'm Jeff Emery, and that's what I think. How about you?
1: Well, the VI-BLT-50 stations are just about finished. Tex VK1TX, who was in the Denverman, a rock group in 61 to 65, backing Digger of he put the commemorative station VI-1-BLT-50 on air. This station commemorated the Battle of Long Tan on August 18, 1966. Tex was honoured to be able to play a role in the anniversary and has many personal memories of that era. The Battle of Long Tan commemorative station was one of four arranged by the WIA. This one had a total of 511 QSOs, working 52 countries spanning six continents. The log submitted by Tex concluded with the words Lest we forget. The Shepparton and District Amateur Radio Club Communications Day Hamfest held recently had Amateur Radio Victoria represented by its secretary, Ross Pittart, VK3CE. He took the opportunity to speak with radio amateurs from around the area who attended the successful event. As part of the repeater upgrade program that ARV is arranging in conjunction with Southern Cross Austereo is the replacement of the Mount Wombat VK3 RGV repeater tower and building upgrade. Amateur Radio Victoria is supplying new racks for the hut and new radios for the two principal repeaters on 2 and 70 centimetres. Ross VK3CE at the event presented the replacement 2 metre repeater at Tate 50 watt base station to the club and it was accepted by Secretary Andy Ashley VK3AJA. The Shepparton Club will now integrate a controller to the repeater and then as part of the upgrade replace the existing 30 year old base station. The Wallace Institute of Australia has flagged a general meeting of its members to decide whether a review of the organisation is needed. On Friday evening, the 23rd of September, at a WIA board meeting, two directors proposed a motion calling for a financial audit and review of operations of the Institute by a registered auditor for the years 2014-15-16. That proposed motion was amended during the meeting to require at least two fixed quotations that would identify the significant costs involved and that the motion be put to members. The amended motion was passed unanimously and a general meeting of members will be called to vote on whether the proposed review and audit should proceed. The formal notice of meeting will be issued shortly. This is Roger
3: Harrison, VK2ZRH from the WIA Spectrum Strategy Committee with news concerning the Australian Radio Frequency Spectrum Plan. On the 22nd of September, the Australian Communications and Media Authority opened consultation on its proposed update of the Australian Radio Frequency Spectrum Plan. Announced on its website without fanfare, the Authority has issued a discussion paper and related documents, referring directly to the changes it proposes and invites submissions before 24th October 2016. There's not long to go. The spectrum plan includes a table of frequency allocations from 8.3 kHz through to 420 terahertz, that divides up the spectrum to show the general purpose of each band, to which services they are allocated, and associated footnotes relevant to particular allocations. It was last reviewed in 2013. When updated, the Spectrum Plan will reflect Australia's treaty obligations following the International Telecommunications Union's World Radio Communications Conference in late 2015. The updated Australian Radio Frequency Spectrum Plan is expected to begin on 1 January 2017. The ACMA acknowledges that Australia was a signatory to the decisions of the 2015 ITU Conference. While it was working with affected stakeholders in Australia, the ACMA advises that all foreshadowed changes may not occur by the end of 2016. Also expected to be reflected in the remake of the Spectrum Plan is the Federal Government's proposed new radio communications legislation that removes the current prescriptive licensing and allocation processes to replace them with a simpler, more flexible licensing system. Once the spectrum plan is amended, subordinate legislation, such as licence conditions, will also be amended subsequently, as necessary. As the peak representative body for the Australian radio amateur community, the WIA is preparing a submission. Any individual or group with an interest in radio frequency spectrum allocations and use can make a submission to the ACMA. That means individual amateurs, who may be so inclined, can send in their own submissions. If you do make your own submission on the Spectrum Plan, the WIA would appreciate getting a copy from you. You can email it to our National Office address or send hard copy to the WIA at P.O. Box 2042, Bayswater, Victoria 3153. That's P.O. Box 2042, Bayswater, Victoria 3153. The text version of this news item lists the location of the ACMA's website announcement. This has been Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH for VK1WIA News.
0: From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au.
4: Former RSGB President SK Sad news to begin this week's international segment. Former RSGB President Terry Barnes, GI3USS, has recently become a silent key. Terry served as RSGB President in 1992. He was the first GI call sign to hold a position for around 25 years. Terry had been a volunteer for the society for some years before his election to president and put this experience to good use during his term of office. He was also the president of the Radio Amateur Old-Timers Association, R-A-O-T-A, 1994-1998. Our thoughts are with his family and many friends around the world. Now, with thanks to IARU, RSGB, SARL, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART and the worldwide sources of the WIA, it's international news, and I'm John VK4JJW. World's largest telescope switched on. The FAST, FAST, 500-metre aperture spherical telescope, is now live with a lot of pomp and ceremony shown by the Chinese government. Located in a quiet forest at Gazoo province in that country's southwest, it's begun looking for signals from distant stars and galaxies. This is the largest venture in China's space exploration. The new radio telescope, with a 500-metre diameter, is now ahead of the Arecibo Observatory in Puerto Rico. Nicknamed Tianyan, or the Eye of Heaven, it has double the sensitivity of its rival and five to ten times the surveying speed. The telescope cost about $230 million, took five years to build, and had input from Australia's top scientific body, the CSIRO. From measuring outer space with the biggest, to using your hand. Yes, measuring sky angles with your hand. Have you ever worked portable and wondered just how close you were holding your antenna in reference to the necessary altitude and azimuth to be on target with your satellite? You can use your hands to measure degrees of the sky. There's a method common in astronomy for measuring sky angles. Here's how they describe it on One Minute Astronomer. Your hands and fingers are a remarkably accurate and convenient measuring tool. When you hold your hand at arm's length, you can estimate angles like this. Stretch your thumb and little finger as far from each other as you can. The span from tip to tip is about 25 degrees. Do the same with your index finger and little finger. The span is 15 degrees. Clench your fist at arm's length and hold it with the back of your hand facing you. The width is 10 degrees. hold your three middle fingers together they span about five degrees the width of your little finger at arm's length is one degree the geomagnetic blitz of september nineteen forty one seventy five years and two weeks ago on the eighteenth and nineteenth of september nineteen forty one the earth experienced a great magnetic storm one of the most intense ever recorded It arrived at a poignant moment in history when radio and electrical technology was emerging as a central part of daily life and when much of the world was embroiled in World War II. Auroras danced across the night sky as voltage surged in power grid lines. A radio blackout interrupted fans' enjoyment of a baseball game in the USA while another radio program was interrupted by private phone conversations. Citizens already on edge wondered if neon lights were some sort of anti-aircraft signal. And far away in the North Atlantic, the illuminated night sky exposed an allied convoy to German attack. These effects raised awareness within the scientific community and among the public of the societal significance of the effects that the sun and outer space can have on the Earth, what we now call space weather.
5: Operational News, on am Felix, VK4FUQ 2016. October 1 and 2, WIA's OCEANIDX phone, singing on a band near you now. October 6, SARL, 80 metres, QSO Party, 1700 hours to twenty thirty hours, UTC. October 8, Radium, which is old-timers, QSO Party. October 8, 9, Oceania DX Contest, CW. October 15, 16, it's the New York QSO Party with logs due October 31. October 29, 30, CQ, WWDX, SSB Contest, always October last fall weekend. November 11-14, to 14, the Keith Roger Memorial National Parks Award Activation. November 26-27, WIA VHF UHF Spring Field Day. November 26-27, WWDX CW Contest, always the last full weekend in November. December 1-31, to 31, Annual Youngsters on the Air, Yoda. In DX, we read in DXNews.com that Grant VK5GR will be active from Kangaroo Island, IOTA OC139. 10 to 16 October 2016 as VK5GR stroke P. He will operate on 8 to 10 meters, ready, PSK, MFSK, Feldhirschschrober, SSB, SSTV. He can QSL via the Bureau. Federal Republic of Germany, DA. Special Event Station DR777RI is QIV until the end of 2016 to mark the 777th anniversary of the town of Rindeland. QSL via DL8OBQ German team on the Isle of Man A German group is active as MD stroke home call from the Isle of Man, EU-116, until October 4th, on 8 of the 10 metres using CWSSB and RIDI. QSL via the home call signs The Isle of Man is situated in the Irish Sea, approximately halfway between northwest England and Northern Ireland. Again, that one to listen for will be MD and a German home call. Pistol will operate a 7 at 7p8AO from Sotho between October the 15th and 29th. The primary purpose of the trip is to deliver humanitarian aid and support to an orphanage. At his own expense, Pistol will supplying clothing, shoes and school supplies to the children. This will be his third visit to Sotho to work with the children. When not at the orphanage, Pistol will be operating mainly CW on 86 metres. QSL to home call HA5AO. VP6AH. Active from Pitcairn Island is VP6AH until the 25th of November. SSB and Digital. QSL to the home call which is DL2AH. Belgium ON. Lions Club International Belgian amateur radio operators like QRV as OR100LCI until March 2017. To mark its 100th anniversary. Activities on the HF bands using CWSSB and RIDI. QSL via ON8ZL. Awards. Marconi Award given for duplexing. A solution to the duplexing, sending and receiving at the same time on one frequency has been given to this year's Marconi Society Paul Brown Young Scholar Award. A 28-year-old electrical engineer, Denish Baradia, a Massachusetts Institute of Technology Scientist, has come up with a full duplex radio he calls self interference cancellation technology. The award, named after Guglielmo Marconi, will be presented at the Computer History Museum, California in November. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Ingham.
0: From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet, streaming and text at wia.org.au. On the front cover of
6: October's Amateur Radio magazine are school students which lead to an insight story on school amateur radio club activity during National Science Week. Also on that theme is the Festival of Bright Ideas event in Hobart by Justin Giles-Clark, VK7TW. The Murray Sunset National Park in far northwest Victoria was visited by radio amateurs primarily to install solar lighting. Among them was John Williams VK2AWJ. An interesting article, Digital Transmission Done Properly, from Stephen Island VK3VM, is well worth reading, along with the history of why we use 50 ohm coax by Gary Gibson VK8BN. The Geelong Amateur Radio Club covers the VI100 Anzac Western Front commemoration, while the IARU Liaison Report discusses the Region 3 Directors' Meeting, the Michael J. Owen Plark presentation, and the RF noise floor interference issue. Among other articles are the Men's Shed Lightning Ridge Radio Club in New South Wales, and International and Lightship Weekend Activity. In the President's comment is a report on what occurred at the WIA board meeting on August 16 and the no-confidence motion proposed by two directors. Phil Waite, VK2ASD, allowed the motion to be heard, although it cannot be used in corporation law to dismiss a board of directors. Included in the President's comments is case law showing that such a motion is not valid and how it was not accepted by the meeting. Also on the WIA administration theme are two contributions to the Over to You section, one from a person new to amateur radio and the other by a contester of the month. Inza Ray's VK3FRAD talks about the state of the WIA, while Martin Luther, VK7GN, gives a sage advice as a former director that the WIA is not a big corporation – he opposes expensive training and finds that WIA does a good job for a small voluntary organisation. There is also DX Awards and News, Contests, SOTA and Parks Activity, VHF-UHF Activity, the WIA Remembrance Day Contest Results and other columns galore. Amateur Radio Magazine, the monthly WIA journal, should be available soon. I'm Barry Robinson, VK3 Papa Victor. And you're listening to
7: VK1WIA. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's worldwide special interest group news. Worldwide special interest groups, Females in Radio. GB916 IYL will be on the air from the 3rd to the 10th of October for the Bailara International YL Convention taking place in Milton Keynes. Worldwide special interest groups, IOTA. Award for Dave Dean, EI9FBB. Congratulations to Dave Dean, EI9FBB, who was recently presented with the prestigious Clipperton Award of Distinction. This is awarded for exceptional services to the hobby after organising three brand new iota activations along with several other rarer iota groups. The award was presented during Clipperton's 38th convention in Brest, Brittany last weekend, where Dave was also one of the guest speakers. He was nominated for the award after giving a remarkable IOTA presentation during the Ham Radio Fair in Friedrichshafen earlier this year. Worldwide special interest groups, Radio Amateur Old Timers, and it's to our man in the West. Hello everyone, this is Clive, VK6CSW.
8: This week the Radio Amateurs Old Timers Club of Australia offers you two events The October Bulletin tomorrow and an on-air party on Saturday Everyone is cordially invited to both Tomorrow's Bulletin includes two historical items A loft antenna and another entitled Deliberate Interference A third short item outlines how barcodes work as usual, the main transmission from Melbourne on fourteen decimal one five zero megahertz starts at zero one hundred UTC. An hour later, at zero two hundred UTC, the program will be repeated on forty meters from Perth on seven zero eight eight kilohertz, with a simultaneous transmission via all linked NewsWest repeaters. Local HF and VHF transmissions also take place. Details as per the RAOTC website. Next Saturday, October 8th, the RAOTC invites everyone to join in our annual on-air QSO party. This is not a contest, just a two-hour on-air meeting of RAOTC members and fellow radio amateurs to which everyone is invited with the aim of making as many contacts as possible. If the rig you use is over 25 years old, you get an extra 25 points to boost your score. There are two sessions. The first is on 40 metres from 05 to 06 UTC, and the second on 20 metres from 06 to 07 UTC. Full details of times, calling frequencies, scoring and logging details can be found at our website www.raotc.org.au www.raotc.org.au So just recapping, the October Bulletin is tomorrow, the QSO party is next Saturday, and everyone is very welcome. 7-3 from Clive,
7: VK6, CSW. Worldwide Special Interest Groups Radio Amateur Young Timers From Thursday the first of December to Saturday the thirty-first of december twenty sixteen, the annual Youngsters of the Air or YOTA event takes place and YOTA stations will attempt to make contact worldwide with each other. This is an excellent opportunity to get young amateurs in their teens and early twenties to talk with their counterparts on air. Remember that this is not a formal contest but a way to get youngsters on the air and to let them realise that there are hundreds of other youngsters around the world that feel just the same way that they do about the hobby. The main aim is to get our youngsters on the air and for them to make contact with youngsters all over the world. This is an excellent opportunity for clubs to run a demonstration at a local school or church or to gather together with amateur friends at the club and display this great hobby to our youth. Over in South Africa, their society, the SARL, will once again register as Region 1 Member Society participant and obtain the special call sign ZS9-YOTA. That will be registered as an educational call sign for use by clubs and individuals during December. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Radio Scouting. We would, with JOTA bearing down on us, remind you to check the official frequencies for use in this year's JOTA on the JOTA website or on the WIA website in the text edition of this new service. And now for the future, Scout and Guide groups are now contacting their regular radio amateur operator to line up sites and personnel to participate in this year's worldwide event, the largest event on the Scout, Guide and Amateur Radio calendar. Jamboree of the Air and Jamboree of the Internet is happening on the weekend of the 15th and 16th of October. Already known in VK4 North Queensland is Kerry, VK4TUB Lindell, VK4ZM Gavin, VK4ZZ and Cowan Scouts at the Cowan Scout Den on Saturday the 16th from 9am to 3pm. Plus, no, VK4ME has his Radio Shack ready for any visitation groups. And now to the final final, a timely and generous donation. Down VK7 way they seem to be having difficulties with the CB repeater LNC2 which is operated by NTARC Inc. from the Mount Arthur repeater site including the very strong possibility that it might need soon to be replaced to restore reliability. This threatened to bring forward the replacement action which would have been necessary within the next year or so anyway with the ACMA mandating the use of only narrowband transmitters on the CB repeater service from that time. As NTARC Inc. were gearing up to face that expenditure, came the news that Shane vk 7 ab had donated an RP3800 UHF repeater and had a spare replacement PA stage to ensure ongoing reliability. That will provide them with a relatively immediate fix to the CB repeater issue. Well done Shane, one of the good guys. Well that's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert VK3DN reporting from Melbourne.
1: Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In southeastern Australia, it can be heard on 7177kHz lower sideband at 9am Central Standard Time using the open-source FreeDV dv 1600 digital voice mode. I'm Mark, VK5QI.
9: Read, rewind. Finally, to rewind, a look back at our history, how the phonetic alphabet emerged. It was 60 years ago that the International Civil Aviation Organisation, ICAO, Finalise the phonetic alphabet, sometimes also called the NATO or North Atlantic Treaty Organization alphabet. Why do we have one? It seems that sound-alike letters such as M, N, D, and B, and others, can be confusing. The idea of a phonetic alphabet is not new, and earlier versions had other words. For a time, the Abel Baker alphabet, derived from World War II when the U.S. Air Force entered the war, hung around in aviation for years afterwards. However, civil aviation began to suffer confusion in South America, where English words were not fully recognised. This is when NATO also had other problems with different phonetics used by each of the Army, Navy and Air Forces. NATO had joint service exercises, and different phonetics made it harder to communicate between the services. As an agency of the United Nations, everyone swung behind ICAR to create a standardised alphabet. Its aim was to use English words common to all languages and pronounced easily. Professor Jean-Paul Vernet, of linguistics expert at the University of Montreal, was given the job, which he finished in 1951. It then faced resistance from some pilots who reverted to use the old phonetics, however, after further work involving five minor changes and testing by ICAO member countries, The final phonetic alphabet we use today began in 1956. So, from Victor, kilo, three, golf, Romeo, back to VK4, bravo, bravo, or baker, baker. Back to you, Graham.
1: Well, here we are. We've reached the end of WIA and the National News Service for yet another week. On the social scene this weekend, September 30 through to October 3 in VK4, the Cardwell Gathering. It's the long weekend at the Beachcomber Motel... October 16 in VK3, Barg Hamfest Ballarat. And November 6 in VK5, Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society's Hamfest 8am. And our thoughts again go out to our VK5 buddies as they clean up their state after last week's past storms. Now till next we meet, I'm Graham VK4BB. Walk softly.
0: From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service.